listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. At Los Pollos Hermanos, we know only the best will do for you and your family. What does family taste like? In your heart, you know it's the best ingredients. The spiciest spices. All prepared with love and care. And always delivered with a friendly smile. That's the Los Pollos Hermanos promise. Come in and try our new curly fries. We are so sure you'll like them. And if you don't, they're on me. Los Pollos Hermanos. Taste the family. You drink one, drink two, drink three Long Island iced teas. But your buddy's worse off and he throws you his car keys. Blue lights are blinking four o'clock in the morning. State Trooper makes you wish that you'd never been born. Better call Saul, better call Saul. You want to tell the world you're in love with a girl named Fran? So you find an overpass and you say it with a spray paint can. Blue lights start a blinking, those handcuffs click. You know who to call and you better call quick. Saul, Saul, you better call Saul. You'll fight for your rights when your back's to the wall. Stick it to the man, justice for all. You better go Saul. It's time for Better Talk Saul, Cinema Geekly's Better Call Saul podcast. I'm Anthony Lewis. And I'm Ben Knight. Oh my god, you're not Glenn. That's I'm weird. Not. Should we restart the show? I think maybe this show is in need of a, a refresh. We need a reboot. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a reboot, it's a reimagining. <laughs> I'm joined, and it's not even British Glenn either. It's not your friend, uh... It's not your friend, Glenn. It's uh, it's just you, Ben. Just, uh, me. just me. I could probably get Mr. Siddle on the line if you wish. But, I mean, I mean, yeah. does he is he watching Saul? Probably. I mean, maybe. I uh, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I'll he's too him. he's too busy uploading a million photos to Facebook. Isn't he? Yeah. He's a he man is. who loves his pictures. He really is. I should apologize if, uh, I don't know if it's being picked up by the microphone here, but uh, Alex is in the other room watching the Silent Hill movie weirdly loudly. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to immerse yourself in those horror movies. I guess. you got to feel like but, you're in them. Yeah, so uh, I do apologize if that uh, rings through on this audio. So Glenn isn't here, uh, but we've got it. We're, we're kind of doing this hodgepodge of an episode uh, because we are... Uh, as we're recording this, a Better Call Saul is about to air its fourth episode, and we have not done one episode yet. So uh, while we're waiting for Glenn to get his internet uh, hookup set up properly, uh, Ben and I are going to tackle the first two episodes of season two of Better Call Saul, and then hopefully uh, by sometime next week, Glenn will be back and we will be able to uh, talk about episodes three and four. Uh, and I know this is probably going to kill him because this is both for both of us. This is like one of our favorite shows on TV. And one of the things we love talking about most, uh, is something that happens, uh, right straight away in episode one. (laughs) So, um, I know this is probably going to kill him. I'm going to try to get his viewpoints on these first two episodes before we, uh, before we go on. So, uh, Glenn will get his, his say before it's all said and done. Uh, so yeah, let's start talking about it. Season three of Better Call Saul, episode one called Mabel. And of course, if you are new to Better Call Saul, uh, the show always starts off with uh, our look into the future, post-events of Breaking Bad, 
where Saul Goodman is now Gene, who is the manager of a Cinnabon at a mall. I don't even know if Cinnabon is still a thing that exists in malls. <laughs> but um, for the all intents and purposes of this uh, show, it is. So in the present, uh, Gene has a sandwich during his lunch break and reads as he watches a shoplifter hide inside of a photo booth. He points him out to the mall security that are looking for him because he himself is scared of being noticed, uh, but then instinctively snaps and yells for the shoplifter to hire himself a lawyer as he's being walked away, and uh, the security guards call him an asshole. Which, I can, can I just point out, as a lawyer, that is, that is good practice. Yeah. If you're ever arrested or the police say they want to have a quick chat with you, uh, especially if they say that, you know, don't bother with a lawyer and it'll be quick and out of the In way and, and we'll just yeah, have a yeah. quick chat. Get yourself a lawyer, goddamn you. <laughs> Never mind which jurisdiction you're in. Lawyer uh, up, baby. Gene goes back to the Cinnabon where he later collapses. Back in 2002, Jimmy McGill helps his brother Chuck remove foil from his wall and reminisces over a book they read together during their youth. Chuck is quick to sever the nostalgia and remind him of uh, to remind him that his actions won't be forgotten nor forgiven. Uh, Bauer, the U.S. Air Force captain previously seen in the episode Fifi, meets with Jimmy and is angered that he lied with him about Fudge being a war veteran and threatens him if he does not remove the commercial from the air. Jimmy momentarily cracks but is unmoved by Bauer's threats and forces the latter to storm out. Uh, Meanwhile, Kim begins to experience anxiety at running her own law firm, as well as keeping the knowledge of Jimmy's fraud secret. Chuck plays Jimmy's confession to Richard Hamlin, who warns him that the tape has no legal or public value. Chuck assures him that the tape does in fact have a use. Chuck later arranges for a key part of the tape to be played by Ernesto, his uh, assistant, in a way that appears to be Ernesto hearing it by accident. Chuck quickly turns off the player and makes Ernesto promise not to tell anything that he heard to anyone on the promise or on the premise of confidentiality. Uh, meanwhile, Mike, uh, we pick up right where we were left off with him. Uh, if people don't remember, he was about to kill somebody when he's when his car horn went off, and there was a, a little sign or a little note on his car that just said "Don't." Uh, and Mike is now determined to find out how the saboteur prevented him from killing Hector Salamanca, and he completely and utterly dismantles his car at a local mechanic, but fails to find a tracker until he has an epiphany and discovers the tracker inside of the car's gas cap. Upon obtaining uh, an identical tracking device from Caldera, he then replaces the tracker on his gas cap with a new one, drains the battery of the one tracking him, and waits. Eventually, someone arrives and takes the tracker, and Mike dresses up, arms himself, and begins his pursuit. Uh, so what did you think of the uh, the premiere of Better Call Saul? I presume, because you've watched this, Ben, that you've watched the mm. previous two seasons as well, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, would, you would be caught up. I think I've been on this show maybe once, uh, um, talking about this show. So, yeah, I, well, it's great to have it back, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great show. It's consistently one of the, the slickest, um, most striking of uh of the the offerings on uh certainly on netflix i i i always enjoy it the um so this episode 
I I liked it. Do you know what the strength of this episode for me is the fact that and I, maybe it's just because it's been away for a little while. I forget There's, the quality of the performances in this show are yes. are exceptional. So um, good. yeah, and it's everyone from obviously from the from the lead cast through to I mean like Bauer for example the the Air Force captain. Oh yeah. Um, I, I thought he was he had a very short scene, but like in the previous episode, I thought he was really quite compelling mm. um he, he i can't remember the name of the guy who plays him but he's excellent performance from him um the uh the the the, the plot i mean the only downside to medical saw is occasionally some aspects of the plot feel like they're dragging a little bit and there was a slight feel of that with mike's uh plot here a little bit but we know where it's going so I guess we're all happy yeah, to sit with it. It's sort of cheaty now that we're talking about it because we've seen the other, we've seen other episodes past this, and we know what it was leading to. Yeah, <laughs> so it's um, like, oh, all is forgiven. Yeah, but I, I don't know whether it was just me. I, I did find myself slightly irritated by the pace of that a, a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think part of it as well is that when when a new season starts, you do want to hit, you know, you want it to hit the ground running a little bit, and that's yeah. one slight problem with the show is that it it sometimes doesn't. Um, that said, I mean the the dislike that you build up for just how horrible a bastard Chuck is. Uh, he really is Uh, it's like the 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 sad thing and glenn and i have talked about this is that he's a guy that's torn because he clearly at least at one point did want the best for jimmy and part of him obviously still does it's it's like both of them are kind of like the same side of the opposite coin where they have these intentions that are good but they they have these other sides of them that they just can't help themselves with like Jimmy just can't help himself when it comes he's he's always got something good going for him he's either he's either working at a good law firm or he's he's always got something going good for him but he just can't help himself when it comes to cutting the corners do you or... not think the irony is that um although Jimmy is obviously the character who who supposedly is like this i actually think more and more it seems to be chuck who is the character who is always working an angle yeah um jimmy well, I mean, will find an angle to work when when he needs to find an angle whereas yeah. chuck seems to be constantly playing a game yeah um and i think that's what makes chuck the wrong side of the coin yeah um that's what makes him the to, asshole yeah he always wants jimmy to be better but then when Jimmy starts to get better, he almost can't help but try to undercut him or cut yeah. his legs oh, off. Oh, I, th- I, I think he's thoroughly vindictive by this stage. I, th- I yeah. think he's kind of moved a little bit beyond that now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, oh, he is a shit. Uh, but, do <laughs> um, you know, again, though, talking about supporting roles, the guy who plays Ernesto, um, I actually thought he was, I mean, he, he's, He's very much an instrument of the narrative in this episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he and and into the next one as well. He um, again he he conveys it pretty well. The um, I, I think the, the the sort of solid this this, is, this episode is a solid start. Um, we get to warm a little bit to Kim. That feels a bit less complicated now. The the sort of feelings we're supposed to have about her role. Um, and of course, always at the back of your mind is thinking, "Oh yeah, but he doesn't end up in practice with her, and he doesn't end up with her." Mm. 
and it's you know you it's hard to, as you begin to warm to her i don't know about you but i always find myself sort of slightly keeping her at arm's length because i know that that one way or another doesn't end up well yeah so it's you know it's um i i actually I, I have i've i've embraced the character but only because i've i'm determined that it doesn't end well, but I feel like it doesn't end well, and it won't be her fault that it doesn't end well. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. something, something. It'll be something Jimmy does, or something like it. But it won't be. I don't think it'll be her fault. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you know something will happen, and she'll turn on them. But mm. given what they've been through so far, that doesn't seem likely. Like she knows he's committed fraud at this point. And yeah, she pulls quite a nice um, uh, client confidentiality trick during. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me the, give me a dollar speech. deal or whatever. Yeah, and um, uh, I'm your lawyer now, and everything you say to me is confidential. Which, of course, I couldn't comment on whether that ever happens, but <clears throat> <laughs> you know, it's a conversation that you occasionally hear uttered in certain legal offices, I guess. Sure. Um, so. Yeah, I it was a solid start. I found myself slightly irritating, irritated that it wasn't a little bit punchier. But I noticed that it was, um, as some of them are, this was an episode directed by uh, Vince Gilligan. So he tends to like the slightly glacial pace. Um, yeah. And that was that was present here. Uh, I actually think the next episode was much better. But There's um, always... Um... For me, there's always. And by the way, I got to ask you this question: mm. this this confidentiality one dollar I'm your lawyer now thing, mm. which may or may not occur in real life. <laughs> yeah. Speculatively, could this be used for like like uh, like office gossip? Like, you know, oh my god, <laughs> you should have heard what Fred and Mary were doing yesterday, and you both know that they're married. I mean, I guess I can't say anything, but if you were to maybe accept a dollar from me and to become my lawyer, I could maybe tell you under confidentiality. Purposes, uh, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. Actually, it's not entirely beyond the realms of possibility. Uh, basically, basically, this is what it would look like if I ever got a law degree. Uh, essentially, <laughs> um, the only difference is, of course, you can breach client confidentiality for two particular reasons. One, if your client is a professional uh, client, such as another lawyer, and yeah. you are aware of them. Um, in some way breaching the code of conduct then yes. you're not bound by that and also yeah. if somebody is in imminent danger as a result of, or, or and you ah, know that yes. of confidentiality, strictly speaking it doesn't hold then either but that's in England and Wales I think I could be wrong but I think in at least some states that last part is not the case I don't think uh, I don't think even then in some states you're able to release that. I'm sure we're now get a load of angry emails from yeah. American lawyers saying, <laughs> "Stick to your stick to your English and Welsh law. Stick to your powdered wigs." Absolutely, um, I have so, mine right here. <laughs> so there's I, I I there's always something with this show that I feel we we point out on this show that we never get to point out on other shows, and that's just because this one is just so artfully done. We've talked a bunch of times about how. So far, this show has lived up to Breaking Bad for me. It's like Breaking Bad, but it's different, but it's the same. Like, it's, it's you know, not the same show, but it feels the same. Like, it definitely feels like it's a part of the same universe. Um, and it's, but it's just such an artfully crafted show that Glenn and I find ourselves talking about things on this show that we don't bring up on other shows we talk about. And I would like to point out how much I just loved the Foley work. 
on this episode, like when they focused, when Vince Gilligan decided they were going to focus on the gas cap. Yeah. Like they do these close up shots of the gas cap, and it's clear that they took painstaking efforts to mm. correctly gather the sound of what it sounds like for an old rusty gas cap to be screwed onto a car. Because <laughs> not only was it grating and irritating, but it also rang very true. I'm like, boy, oh, they yeah, went to, yeah. like, I mean, a lot of places they would just leave that quiet or there'd be like a little squeaky sound, but you've got like the, the grindy and everything when it came to, to putting that on there. I just love like the, when they decide to focus on something, like the amount of detail they put into it, uh, is crazy. I love, we got another one of, one of my favorite shots, which is Mike deciding to stake out a scene this time, apparently out his own window. But I, I just like, he, he just gets like a bowl full of like seeds or nuts or something. Uh, pistachios. Yeah, pistachios, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just sits there and stands and starts cracking them. And uh, he stands there basically all night until yeah. something happens. And I mean, he was like a cop, so it's part of his his nature or whatever, sta- doing the stakeout or whatever, I guess. But I mean, he is an awesome character, isn't he? Anyway. He's so good. Yeah. And I thought... I thought, look, this is they're they're making this way after they made Breaking Bad, and he's supposed to be younger. He does look a little older than he looked in Breaking Bad, but I just don't care because he's so good and it's such a great character. I was about and, to say he he's he's a strong enough character for us not just to want to suspend disbelief, but occasionally to forget. Um, yeah, yeah, and I, I think just, that's a testament to his performance, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not even a thing I think about really anymore, but. Um, he's he's so good. I love the scene you mentioned with Bauer, uh, mainly because I just love that whole bit from the Fifi episode. Yeah, uh, last year with him bringing in the fake veteran so he could make his cheesy ass commercial. <laughs> uh, was it this episode that they hired the assistant, or was that in the second episode? Uh, oh. the, they hired a new assistant to like handle the phones. And I think that was the second episode. I think it is the second episode, so yeah. we'll talk about it then, because I like that character as well. But, I did as well, yeah. Um, what would you give Mabel, then? Um, oh, it's a solid four, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, as I say, I'm slightly at odds with a lot of the critics, who I, I know a lot of critics said that they, they felt this one felt better paced than usual, but I, I still think it felt a bit glacial, and that's what keeps it at four rather than a bit higher, actually. I mean, it was a little slow once we got to, like, the... Uh, once we got to like the the junkyard, mm. I felt like they took a little bit too much time. Although, like part of me is also enjoying watching Mike being meticulous because holy uh, shit, it's was seeing he meticulous. his frustration as well. Which yes, is, because he's so. Um, I mean, he's almost Lecter-like in his patience, isn't he? Yeah, uh, and it's the fact that you can see the irritation with him in that mm. scene. And I guess that wouldn't work as well had we not felt the the time. Almost uh, makes it worth it. Pass, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. It I, probably does. I gave it a four and a quarter. I love, I love this show, and I don't think to be to be honest, I'm not actually sure. I mean, you're not Glenn, so this could change, but I don't think we've ever had an episode of Saul that we've given under a four. So heads up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I can't maybe, see Glenn going sub four with this. We're we're a little too. We may be a little too fanboyish about it, but I don't know. I mean, I just. They uh, they know how to do their thing, mm-hmm. and they do it well. And yeah. whenever they need to change things up a little bit, they do it, and they always do it good. But they don't stray too far from what makes the show the show. So It is consistently one of the best-produced TV shows to come out of the U.S. Yeah. 
um, in recent times. It's plain and simple. I mean, I know this would probably overwork him to death, but I think Vince Gilligan should just make everything. Because <laughs> he is clearly Ca- just so careful. good. That, that's what they said about Moffat. And, uh, yeah, that's true. That's you know, true. we all saw how that ended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so let's talk about Season 3, Episode 2. This one's called Witness. Uh, so in the cold open, Chuck is conversing with a private investigator. While drinking tea, Chuck peeks outside his window apprehensively. Meanwhile, Mike follows the cur- Mike is following the courier that he... Uh, um, so he did like a lot of tracking, right, with uh, the, the gas cap. They're just cutting right to the point where he's following the courier... Uh, and his final destination, as the camera slowly pulls out, is revealed to be Elos Poyos Hermanos, uh, which everybody already saw the, I guess the the viral ad for Los Poyos Hermanos. Everybody already knew that Gus Fring was going to be in it this season. But there's but still a moment, isn't there? I we still go? pumped my fist in the air when I saw it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, we did too. Uh, uh, as the tracker dropped off uh, at the uh, the tracker was dropped off at the restaurant, uh, while Jimmy and Kim work on hiring a new paralegal, Mike calls Jimmy and has him watch the man Mike tailed as he has breakfast in the restaurant. Uh, Jimmy notices nothing unusual and reports back to Mike as Gus Fring watches the two from a distance. The trail picks back up as Mike notices. Victor, one of Gus's henchmen, drive towards the back of a restaurant and leave nearly as quickly as he arrived. Eventually, the trail drops off again, and Mike finds a cell phone with the gas cap under it in the middle of the road and answers it as it rings. Ernesto approaches Wexler McGill, but decides against entering and speaks to Kim in the parking lot about the tape. Kim relays this to Jimmy, and the former takes the latter on as her legal client, advising him that the tape uh, is of no legal threat to Jimmy. Jimmy suppresses his feelings of anger and betrayal in front of Kim, but later drives to Chuck's house, breaks in, berates him, destroys the tape. However, uh, this is all according happening according to Chuck's plan, as Jimmy does all of this, but Hamlin and the P.I. are in the next room, and bear witness to Jimmy's break-in. Bum, bum, bum! Mm. Uh, what did you think of Witness, Ben? Um, great. Actually, th- now this felt like a far uh, faster episode. This was yeah. this is one that pulls pulls you along. Um, obviously, you know, the return of Gus is a big deal, and yeah. um, you, you can't been... help but get slight chills about Gus, can you? Have you have you been listening to the Flashing Arrow podcast that Glenn and I do? I, I, I haven't, I'm afraid, because okay. I, yeah, I, so I just can't with the whole Flash thing. <laughs> there's a rule mm. on the Flash that if uh, Gorilla Grodd or King Shark appears in the episode, mm. that the episode automatically starts off in our minds at three <laughs> and a half. Like, it can't get any worse just because those characters are in it. It's an automatic three and a half. Okay. So, the for me, the Better Call Saul rule is if Gus Fring is in the episode, it's a yeah. four. Yeah. It won't I, be I dropping below that. that. And he was barely in this episode. But for what he was, like, for what he was doing in it, <laughs> it was already like, oh, my God, this is so great. 
He's not he even is like chilling though, isn't he? Yeah. Because you because you know who he is. Uh, yeah. He, obviously I mean, down the he, line. Yeah. He's like in this episode. He's just Los Pollos like Los Pollos Romanos manager Gus Fring, and he's not even the manager. Well, he is the manager, but he's the manager who's going around cleaning up tables and emptying bins as well. So he's yeah, 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 yeah. You know, although he does do the stare at the end, like he's got his eyes on these people. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, continue with your thoughts on the episode. So, so there's that uh, again. We we carry on seeing just how much of a, a shit um, uh, Ch- uh, Chuck is, and. You know, I mean, he's a little panto villain by by the time we get to episode two. It's a sort of excellent sort of um, I, he's playing everyone exactly, a, yes. you know, a certain way. And I mean, yeah, in a lesser show, you'd think, oh, come on. But actually, I, you buy it in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love because the, the froth in in these uh, episodes, because that's something they get a very good balance of in, uh, in this. And well, in fact, within the whole universe of this, um, the, the froth comes from Kim and Francesca, uh, in this episode. And, Oh, the paralegal. Yeah. Uh, she, she's great. I, I, I like her. I can see her being <laughs> so fun. Yeah. She's going to be a good character. Um, and again, you know, Kim's, Kim's sort of, She's not exactly the light relief because you you know that she's really the one who's keeping shit together for Jimmy realistically. Yeah. Um but she I I like uh I like how much of a driven character she seems to be. Um so, so you know so uh, there's there's that sort of element to it. I like this. This felt like an episode that was setting everything rolling for this season. Um it yeah, it had a lot of plot points sort of appearing in it and sort of starting various lines of, of plot up but I this was an episode that I think just felt like a sort of big teaser for everything that is to come um, Yes, and I wanted that in many ways it's a shame it wasn't the first episode actually because I wanted mm-hmm. something um, something strong but uh, as I say in any event um, if you've got uh, Giancarlo Esposito in, in any <sighs> episode of this I agree with you you're already starting pretty high up score wise i mean he's he's i mean he's an excellent actor mm-hmm. but as far as i'm concerned this is an all-time great tv villain he's playing oh so yeah it's not yeah. just the fact that he's a good actor to me this is like an iconic villain well I mean, I, I, the I, test will be will people be dressing as him for halloween parties and the answer <laughs> is oh yes they will um so i i mentioned that glenn and i do the flashing arrow show and uh, the unlike Saul, which has a more, uh, this is like one of the American TV shows that have adopted the more British style of, of shorter, um, shorter seasons, mm-hmm. <clears throat> flash and arrow. And, uh, some of those other shows are full on Americanized 24 episodes mm-hmm. and you get a lot of filler episodes. Yeah. And, or, you know, this isn't. This is as close as Saul comes to a filler episode, which is that they're teasing bigger things. But if you're going to do it, but they te- they give you enough they give you enough yeah. meat to go with the teaser, yeah. though, don't they? Yeah. The thing with this show is if they're gonna if they're gonna just do a teasy episode, mm. this is how you do it because they don't they don't they they do tease, but it's like a really good tease. Like they give you just enough that you don't feel like, ah, oh, this was just there to get me to the next episode. Like, no, this was there, and there's building blocks in this episode 
that you need to get to the next episode. It's not just, you know, biding time until the oh, next episode. Oh, that's a really episode. good point, actually. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, I love Francesca. I love, oh my God, Jimmy coaching her to talk to old people had me <laughs> laughing so hard because he's like, oh, you know, mention mention the weather. Oh, it sounds, are you outside? It sounds And did you hear really often nice. she did that in the background? Like completely oh, below, yes. below all of the other conversations right yes. there in the back of it. You could hear her having it's these so conversations. Good. It was he's, excellent. He's like, mention, he's like, mention Cracker Barrel, which is a complete, I think it's a complete U, U.S. thing, but it's basically yeah, like yeah, a restaurant we get that old people, we know what it is. yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, mention Cracker Barrel. Like, you know, oh, are you going to the Cracker Barrel tonight? It's like, oh, I love this or that. Like, <laughs> I, oh my God. The, that alone, I was like, this is so, this is so tasty. I just love this whole thing. But then we got, we got the Los Pollos Hermanos reveal. We got, I love the whole scene with Jimmy staking out mm. the guy. Like, and he's doing, I feel like he's doing a very bad job yeah. of like staking this guy out because he's like he's constantly awful. staring at him. And he's moving his seat with regularity. But then he pulls um, off the bin routine quite well. Yes, yes. Cause he, so originally he's trying to look into the, the, the garbage bin to see if maybe this guy had dropped something in there. Uh, but he's trying to look in there in such a way that he's got to like stick his head in there. And then that is when we get our first Gus Fring reveal. He's like, you know, hey, can I help you? And then Jimmy has to think on the quick... Because he's like, well, yeah, I'm looking for somebody who dropped a bag in here or dropped some evidence. I'm scoping this guy out. He can't say that. So he, like, very slickly sort of slides his watch off. And he's like, oh, my gosh, I dropped my watch into the... I was just trying to get it out. And he's like, oh, here, let, let me help you. And, uh, you know, um, and then he goes and reports back to Mike. Um, but I, I love all of this. I love that... Um, I love that Gus is still Gus. Like, he figured out Mike's deal. Yeah. Before Mike realized that Gus had already figured it out and set up that whole thing for the cell phone to, like, be waiting for him in the middle of the road and for him to answer it, all of that stuff. Uh, the scene in Chuck's house, mm. all of that stuff, uh, all of that stuff was really good. Um, I wish you had seen the third episode. I almost kind of want to talk about it with you because it's a great episode and a lot of stuff happens. I, I have uh, seen a very brief summary of it, but I, I, I refuse to read it any more than just quickly in passing. I've learned on I, the basis I, that I learned an interesting piece of New Mexico law <laughs> uh, that I that I learned I think only exists in New Mexico. I don't think it because uh, when I googled it when they're talking about it on the show, I googled it to see if it was like a real thing, and mm. it is apparently in New Mexico, mm. but it does not appear to be a thing uh, that exists elsewhere. Um, and I think it's this thing that allows you to avoid, uh, allows you to avoid jail time. Like you can admit, admit guilt, but you avoid jail time somehow. I think it's under specific, um, it's not like a plea deal. It's, I don't know. It's some other thing. I, if I'd watched, I may have and to you can join us again for episode. this week in law next week. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> So when we, yeah, I, I, I'm going to have you on, on my show when we start again on North Pod Law, and you can explain this, this part this, of New Mexico law to me. Yeah, the Southwest Pod Law. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. I, I, I'll have to go back and look at it again because I don't remember it. It was. Uh, it's been like a week, but um, so I don't remember the specifics of it. But it was. Uh, it was interesting. Um, but yeah, it. So this was Chuck's plan the whole time was to not get him for what he said on the tape, but to get him for breaking in breaking and entering and assault 
and all this he's other a stuff. Horrible, horrible bastard. He's an ass. He yeah. really is. But I mean, on the other hand, Jimmy did make it look like Chuck was a horrible lawyer and made a huge fuck up when, in fact, Jimmy was uh, fraudulently uh, altering documents, which is also not legal. Um, I mean, so clearly the, both of these guys have parts of themselves, but I think it hurts Jimmy more. Yeah. Because um, Jimmy does these things that aren't quite legal, but he's not trying to do them to be vindictive, usually. Like, he he he, he defrauded, I guess, the, those documents, but he did it because he wanted Kim to get the Mesa Verde case. Like, she worked hard for that. She set up that... She set up that whole thing. It was her baby, and she wanted to go start her own thing. They wanted to take it away from her, and Jimmy's like, "That's not right." You can feel you can feel righteous about what Jimmy does most of the yes. time, even when his yeah, it's kind of ways and means act, isn't it? Uh, and, Chuck, whereas... and Chuck is and Chuck is trying to Chuck comes off like he's trying to be tough love, but his tough love is like really fucking cruel. Yeah, and it's like a vicious cycle between. He's not principal. Chuck Chuck is an asshole. Yeah, yeah, um, um, and he's driven by bitterness, whereas Jimmy seems to be driven by a will to have things be just in a in a well, very much a lowercase J sort of way. And let's not um, even and and let's not even forget that he has what may in fact not even be a real illness. Yeah, they're uh, keeping us guessing. I'm trying to figure out if they're trying to make us feel like assholes for doubting him. Well, they've um, uh, they've uh, they've alluded to it. They've alluded to it before. There was one time where he oh, was I know, in yeah. a hospital, and Jimmy noticed that the hospital bed, which was electric, was still running. Yeah, and Chuck seemed absolutely fine. Yeah, I so, mean they've dropped they've dropped hints, haven't they? Um, yeah, that it's all. And, and I mean, and and you can read about the uh, the um, the condition yeah, yeah. online, and there is there's I had a client with ton- it, so yeah. yeah, there's like tons of debate about whether or not it's all psychosomatic or not. So. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I had a client who uh, who had it, or certainly claimed to have it, and there was some medical evidence to support it as well. But right. you do all the way through that. I found myself, and I was quite open with my client as well. I have to say, sort of, like, so, so really, so how does really how does this work? Okay, <laughs> just finding myself thinking, yeah, you've heard this sort of. Uh, have you ever, did you ever try to have like? Like a battery-powered device in your pocket and not tell them about it? Just to That see. would have been thoroughly unethical for me to do that. I guess it would have, but you know with, what? With, <laughs> with the second mobile phone that I had in my um, bag rather than the one that I... Anyway, I've said too much. Uh... <laughs> They'll take away the wig, sir. Don't let them. Mm. Uh... They can take away the wig. We're approaching summer. One does not need a wig in the summer, <laughs> let me tell you. Um, yeah, this uh, was a... Th- I mean... For for just a building block episode, for a quote unquote filler episode that takes us from uh, one big event to the next, they just they just know how to do it on the show. <laughs> they do. They just they they give you they they just give you enough. Like they just I don't I don't know what it is. Vince Gilligan is just a guy who can like eye the ingredients of something. Like he doesn't I know what need it is. like he doesn't need like uh, a specific measurement. He can just put his hand in the jar with a pinch, and he just knows how much to put in there. But you it's know, behind the scenes, he's measuring ruthlessly. Um, well, he makes it seem like he's just doing yeah. it effortlessly. I, I think the thing about um, Better Call Saul and about Breaking Bad is that they're the sort of show that make you concerned about the outcome, but about which you 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 very much want to take the journey. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, I mean, Better Call Saul is kind of based on that idea, isn't it? You know how this ends up. Um, yeah. But that I think you've, you've got on board at the start because you know where you're going, but you just want to experience the journey. And I, I think I think that's the strength of this. Um, on the plus side, they're also, um, even though we know where it ends, they're also smart enough to also do, and, and look, they don't even have to do this because this, this, this show is so well done that it's it's become one of those situations where I don't care how it ends, I know how it ends. I just want to see how we get to the ending. Yeah. Uh, like, I just want to take the ride. But they've gone a step further than that. Like, they've been giving us, they, and they only do it once a season, but they are giving us the flash forwards to, like, post-Breaking Bad Saul. And mm. so we don't know how that story ends. Um, and obviously, you know, we will at some point, but... I was about to say, you know that's a show that's getting made one day anyway, so... <laughs> yeah. They, uh, you know, so they are giving us that little bit of, well, you don't really know how it really ends, but you'll find out through watching this show. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even think, I mean, I love that they're doing it and I do want to know where it goes, but you know, they don't even have to. I'm super happy just taking the ride, finding out how he turns into, uh, you know, Saul Goodman and meets, uh, Heisenberg and Jesse and all the rest of the gang. So, um, you know, I'll be, I'll be happy with just that, but they're giving us, like some some icing on top, but yeah. Uh, anything else you want to add about this week's episode, or shall we move on to scores? Let's move on to scores. Okay, uh, you want me to go first, or yeah, go on. Do this. Uh, four and a half. Okay. Uh, it's not. It's not. A, this isn't perfect, but I mean, it's a. You know, it's a building block episode. Uh, so I mean, we're not getting like a big payoff or. A huge moment. We did. I mean, we obviously got the like the Los Pollos Romanos reveal and the Gus Fring reveal, all of that stuff. And those are big, but they don't. You know, this is like the guy who made Breaking Bad. Their big reveals don't come right at, right from the get go. Mm. Just like how they don't do their like, just like how they do their big finales one episode before the last episode. <laughs> like they do all the big stuff before the last episode. Um, they didn't. You know. They we do saw, like to fuck with us, don't they? Yeah, we saw friendly manager Gus Fring. We haven't seen mm-hmm. like we haven't seen Gustavo Fring yet. Um, <laughs> uh, so we're st- we're still waiting on that. But this was just you know it, it was it was really good. I gave it a four and a half. What yeah. about you, Ben? Uh, I gave it four and three quarters because I think it's that close to being a perfect episode. I mean, the as you say, there wasn't a huge plot moment in it, but there was so much. So much um, content packed in there to equip you for the next bit of this journey that um, yeah. it felt it, it was a sort of episode where you get to the end of it and you do find yourself going, God, that was good. Um, and, you know, any show that makes you feel like that at, at the end of it, I, I, I think is achieving something special when we're so overwhelmed. I know we're reaching perhaps arguably the gold the end of the golden age of uh, television, as brief as that was. Um I think any show that can still give you that buzz, especially when it's a show that was born of one of the shows that started that buzz, uh, is achieving something big. So, yeah, it's it's pretty damn close to perfect, this episode. Yeah, it's not often that you get sp- a spin-off that mm. is of equal quality and caliber as it's the as the original that it came from. So. With the possible exception, certainly, of The Good Fight, which I'm currently watching. Um, which What's I, that a I, spin-off from? Uh, the Good Wife. Oh, okay. I've heard of the Good Wife. Yeah, uh, the Good Fight is a spin-off show from that, um, and 
uh, well, I have no spoilers for that in case you haven't seen any of it. But uh, if you, it, it's, I, I started watching it as a, a standalone from. I didn't. I watched some of uh, the Good Wife and didn't massively get into it. Whereas, yeah. um, sorry, the Good Fight rather. Whereas the Good Wife is, uh, sorry, the Good Fight. I keep getting the wrong way around. The Good Fight, the spin-off show. Uh, you can watch as a standalone, and it absolutely has its own legs. It's uh, it's a good show. And we're only a few episodes in, in case you want to start watching that. It's good fun. I'm sure Ben will start a podcast about that show. <laughs> Maybe. We I don't will. have we don't have enough of them here at Cinema Geek. Uh, <laughs> what a fine segue. Cinemageekly.com. Uh, head on over there. Uh, both seasons, if you live in the United States, of and I think both seasons also, if you live abroad as well, mm-hmm. of Better Call Saul are available on Netflix, and you can go back and listen to the archives. Uh, we go through them episode by episode, uh, and you can check them out there, along with the, all the other shows that we're doing. Uh, this show is also available on iTunes and Google Play Music. Just search for Better Talk Saul. Unfortunately, since we started this show, there are at least two other Better Call Saul podcasts, both called Better Talk Saul. Boo! So just look for the one with well, Cinema So Geekly. in which case, if you're using a fruit-based device, then go to iTunes right now mm-hmm. and go to uh, the store and find the the proper, this, uh, Better Talk Saul, and, um, and go and give it a review and give it some stars, because that means that when people search for this, sh- uh, this show name, this Ours is the one on they'll top. find. So go, yeah. and, go and fix that. It's not a chart. But it does involve uh, interaction and stuff like that. Go and go and yeah, fix yeah. this shit. And whilst you're there, why not visit the other Cinema Geekly shows on there and do the same? Yeah, why not? Especially I Who Made Who. I agree. I me too. Yeah, and me. Good. Excellent idea. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. So uh, hopefully Glenn and I will be back next week. If not, if Glenn doesn't have his shit together, then I'm dragging you back into this and we're going to talk more uh, uh, Better Call Saul. But the plan is for Glenn to be back. And we'll continue on our merry way. Uh, we're going to do another double shot because episode three is already out. And as we record this, episode four will be airing tomorrow. So it will be another double shot. So we will return with season two, episode three, called Sunk Costs. And season two, episode four, called Sabrosito. You heard me. You better call